Yes, we're a food bank. We collect and distribute an impressive amount of food. But that's not all. We're a hub of caring people doing all we can to end poverty and hunger and improve health. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Mid-Ohio Food Collective Podcast. Everyone at the table. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host of Everyone at the Table, Scott Light. So if you're hearing, well, cars or birds or just the general sounds of the outdoors here in the background, don't worry, you're still in the right place because we are on the farm for this episode. Our guest today, the Collective's Farm Manager, Taylor Bershay, and Farm Director, Trevor Horn. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. Scott. Yeah. It's great to be out here. I love it that we're, you know, outside of our studio, so to speak, uh, at, at the collective headquarters. And again, we are outside today. A brisk morning, uh, shall we say. We're all in our coats. Taylor, why don't you start us off? A podcast is obviously audio, but would you kind of paint a picture for our listeners as to where we are? Describe this farm here in, well, the middle of Columbus. Sure. So right now we are currently situated behind NBC4 Studios. Um, They have about a little less than three acres located behind their um, uh, headquarters here on the north side of Columbus that we have kind of been developing over the last, uh, I'd say, two years. Um, Really, really exciting stuff going on out here. So um, we've got about 92 vertical towers currently that we're growing, mostly leafy greens, uh, and then some, also some beets and carrots and stuff in the base pots of those vertical towers. So think of a alternating stackable uh, styrofoam pots that we can grow upwards of 20 to 25 uh, plant locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool, uh, re- really cool way to utilize um, the space that we have out here. Um, we also built a lot, uh, about 24 raised beds that we we're opening up to the community in the spring. Um, we had a soft soft opening with um, our neighbors and with the help of Riverview International Center, our neighbors here, um, to kind of welcome those neighbors into the space, uh, most of which are new Americans who are excited to be able to use um, some green space that they might not have uh, in their apartments that are kind of surrounding us right now. Um, We also have a couple greenhouses out here that we're working closely with uh, a company called Crop King, to outfit those for some uh, year-round production. Um, so we're excited to get those rolling hopefully this winter in the next couple months. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of room, uh, a lot of potential out here. So we're really excited to be a part of the space, to work closely with Riverview, like I mentioned, um, and also be able to utilize NBC4 um, to be able to tell the stories of what kind of what we're working on out here and some of our goals. It's really cool. We're also going to talk about you You guys have big plans for the, for the future. There's an orchard coming here and, and berries and fruit trees, all kinds of things. So we've got a lot to talk about. Trevor, there is also a, another location, a farm on the hilltop. Tell us about that one. Yeah, that's a huge project for us. We're super excited to get that up and running. Um, the Farm of the Hilltop is meant to battle back against food insecurity at the heart of the problem um, by attacking it from a few different directions. So uh, obviously we'll be focusing on food production um, and, and the idea that there's opportunities for outreach in the community um, just to build that social connection. Um, sustainability is huge for us. That's one of the ideas that we have to uh, be better and more efficient at our practices and then the most important to us is education. So uh, I guess I would say picture uh, a nature center supporting agriculture combined with a state-of-the-art food-driven horticulture facility. Um, so it's a really cool idea to kind of mix the com- combination of all those. Uh, we'll toss those concepts together with the idea of, uh, you know, food is growing and, and it's impacting the environment. 
And then we want to just make sure that we can teach people the opportunities, how we can make improvements and be better environmental stewards. You know what? You just really wrapped nicely all of the the pillars that we want to talk about here. So let's get into that because you really have four pillars that these farms embody and and we'll we'll go through those trevor you just got to them food education sustainability and community let's start with food and and something that we talk about a lot in all of our podcasts and that is food is health it's it's a very palpable thing you know uh just when we had like i mentioned earlier the event where we welcomed in some neighbors like you could just see them light up with Again, they don't really, there's not a lot of green space around here, so I feel like we're perfectly situated to be able to open up this space um, for them to be able to utilize. And like all the, they brought a lot, it's a lot of families, so a lot of kids that are coming in, running around. And, uh, you know, they were literally playing in our (laughs) our, uh, dirt pile, compost pile, which is. (laughs) funny to see but it's just everybody kind of lights up and it's it's all centered around food like we gave away seeds which they were super excited about and it's it's also cool to have um a lot of different uh countries represented so a lot of them like i mentioned are new americans so bringing in all kinds of different crops um there's a lady that's literally growing along the fence these gourds large gourds um on our on our fence line which has been cool to see so while the language barrier can kind of be an issue we it all comes back to food and um how important it is and can easily with even with language barriers can bring people together which is so cool to see and you know what when we talk about education that that next pillar we want to discuss here trevor you know this in in schools across the country um it's all about STEM, right? And but you guys extend the acronym to STEAM, um, S T E A M, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Talk about that, and then talk about again the broader educational outreach that these farms provide. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, when it comes to the art aspect of STEAM, uh, you you look outside, and and sort of what nature gives you is this large variety of you know biodiversity whether it's life or plants um you know from living organisms they all kind of work together symbiotically so we we encourage people to understand that that's a concept of of something that we want to tap in especially here at nbc4 Um, the idea is that we can use nature to be better and more efficient at growing Um, birds eat insects there's that whole kind of circle of life aspect Um, and the waste actually helps us feed the soil and the microbiome um, to, to make us more efficient and better at growing um, it captures water. It holds on to water um, when, when there's life in the soil. So it's always a great thing, you know, to, to show that there's potential for us to make improvements um, in the ways that we grow our food. Um, truly, the overall mission when it comes to the farms is education as a whole. So, you know, our goal is to um, give the community the know-how um, to make better education, uh, educated decisions um, mm-hmm. as consumers. So we want to close the gap between the farm and the table as much as we can. Uh, we, we hope to you know, teach people not only traditional um, growing techniques, but heirloom cooking practices, ways we can preserve the foods that we grow, and then also uh, future farming techniques as well. So there's a lot that we can do um, just to really focus on being better environmental stewards. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about sustainability, that next pillar. Um, and, and Taylor, you, you guys talk full circle, uh, that full circle, that ecosystem of sustainability. You talk about high yields and high efficiencies when it comes to farming, the multiplier effects of farming. Tell us more about the sustainability efforts here. Sure. So we, we try to incorporate sustainability as much, obviously, as much as we can with every decision we make. Like when it comes to, like the towers are a great example. Yeah. You know, we're utilizing a one square foot of space to be able to produce literally 20 
20 to 25 plant locations. So being able to use that um, on, a, on a smaller uh, space is, is huge for us. Um, as well as, you know, we have another system I mentioned earlier, uh, the beta buckets. So we're using those, again, to utilize space, be able to grow up, um, to be able to produce tons of food, mm-hmm. um, literally. We're also incorporating uh, cover crops mm-hmm. was a big thing we've been talking mm-hmm. about um, as far as like getting ready for the trees to come out here um, and just getting everything ready as best we can to to be ready for what for what's coming ahead. The other thing that is great about you know I just see these direct arrows from say education to this to this fourth pillar that we want to discuss and that is community because when you invite the communities to come here and and Trevor they can then see that you know, you can come and grow your own food. And and that there is, to your point, there is an art and a science to it. And it's also a ton of fun. So talk about that that invitation, really, that you provide to communities to come out here and see what this is all about. Yeah, the cool thing about um, all of our growing locations is they're kind of blank canvases, right? So you, you have opportunity to um, invite, invite local community groups. And, for example, we uh, work with OSU's Regenerative Soil Science class, and those students come out here. They have taken some soil samples of our area at NBC, and then what they end up doing is create projects, um, almost like we are we are their clients, where they can take a look and say, hey, um, we've got this great idea, uh, ways that we can support pollinators, let's say, as an example, and would you be interested in potentially buying our idea? And so that gets them engaged. Um, from there, it really just boots, boosts uh, curiosity, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and they get the idea that they could potentially um, really be on the forefront of sort of moving backwards to move forwards with the way that we grow food, right? Let's tap into nature. Um, what can you bring to the table for us a little bit is more along the lines of this is a great place to just do research and development. Um, we can do some studies by using, you know, basic scientific research from looking at pH to the soil to actually getting the soil samples under the microscope and finding some of those single cell organisms that we're trying to boost with our cover crop practices. Um, all of those long-term start to get people wondering how can we make improvements and what can I do? which sparks their interest of wanting to learn and grow their own food. Plus when they start tasting things like a tomato as an example from the garden, as opposed to one that's been on a shelf at the grocery store for uh, uh, maybe a month or longer, um, they start to realize that the quality of the product is much better. And all of a sudden kids who didn't like tomatoes before are super into the taste and the the juiciness and the sweetness of a tomato uh, right off the vine. So uh, inspiring really ultimately at the end of the day, uh, teaching them ways that they can do it to make a more effective so that they might be able to take those practices and make improvements on them uh, long-term for them and their families. Plus, and both of you jump in on this. I mean, let's just tick through some of the partnerships that you have built and continue to build. Trevor, you mentioned OSU. You guys have master uh, gardening classes out here. You've got um, compost from the zoo. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for us, we're we're leaning on industry professionals to kind of go through the, the, the right ways of doing things. You know, we've got a lot of funds that come from our donors. Um, and private investors that are really, really um, supportive of our goals and what we want to accomplish. So our main thing is we don't want to let them down either, um, which is also just making us sort of uh, examples or, or of what we can and, and opportunities for us to Im- improve um, the connection between the community. So our partnerships for us uh, with Crop Crane, a, fina- f- uh, a 
fantastic uh, indoor growing uh, company. They've been around from the, since the early 80s. Um, some of my experience prior to at Disney, uh, we, we actually harvested some of their food from the hydroponic system at the land pavilion. So it's really cool that we, we knew the guy who installed those systems uh, down in Orlando in the late 80s. And those practices are still around, but yet they've been improved on, right? So we're we're looking at that for great chances. We're working with um, uh, Grow Next Gen, our educationprojects.org, to start looking at ways that we can host teacher workshops um, where we can get teachers in to teach them ways that we can implement agriculture learning in the classroom. So those are just a few uh, local ones. We work, again, like you mentioned, with OSU Master Gardeners Program. We've got three signed up already for next spring, um, and we're really excited to kind of onboard people. The more involvement we get, I feel like it's almost like does its own recruiting for us, right? People start yeah. coming out. They want to be involved. Um, and again, sparks the interest and curiosity of ways that we can just be better environmental stewards and better at produce, producing the foods that are more nutritionally dense for the community. You mentioned the food. Taylor, you're going to be doing, well, a little harvesting here. Once we wrap up this podcast, you're going to be doing some lettuce harvesting. You also, we did a little, you guys gave me a little tour um, before we started recording um, this morning. You're even growing some things um, I'd never heard of. There's a black radish that yeah. you're growing? Yeah, that was really cool. That was a, It's got a, a little spice to it, an right? An experiment we tried, yeah. So in the in the base pot of the towers, we tried uh, growing some black radishes. And so the outside, uh, it almost looks like a beet in size. It's a little bit larger than your, your typical radish. Um, and the outside's black, but then you cut into it, and it's this really bright white, and it's it's spicy. Okay, okay. <laughs> I had never had one before we grew them, and I took a big bite like an apple. And uh, don't do that. Okay. It's perfect. Like nice little bites are perfect on like a salad or something. Yeah. It's got a lot of flavor, um, but just a cool thing. We're always experimenting out here, which is always fun to try new things and um, see how they are. Where does this food go? Sure. So uh, after we harvest, uh, it typically just goes back into the community via uh, the different channels throughout the collective. The other thing that is just so cool about this whole operation is both of your respective backgrounds. And how you both bring expertise, again, from from past life experience, past um, career experience. Um, Trevor, you're a chef by trade. Um, You're also very interested in that you study food education. You study food science. You're also brand new to the Mid-Ohio Food Collective. You've been here a few months. So what brought you here? And tell our listeners a little bit more about your background. Wow. Um, this can be a podcast on its own, maybe. Sure, do it. Take <laughs> off. Take off. Uh, the story is crazy. You know, when you look back at, at, at the decisions you make in life and you, you think to yourself, like, how did I get here, right? And that's it's always that eye-opening, um, but more importantly, humble uh, mission of of how you got to where you're at. And, and I guess at the end of the day, you know, connectivity with food um, is one thing that we all have in common. So it, it's something that can spark uh, relationships between uh, whatever background, ethnicity, and community. Um, in, in my time in kitchens, we, we realized that there's just a huge disconnect between um, the producer, uh, the farmer, or uh, the people who are cooking that food, right? And so ideally, the goal of this is just to connect people as much as possible. So if aspiring chefs were not really having that connection with the fishermen or, or the farmer who were growing their potatoes, as an example, um, I thought the general public probably was even more distant, right? And so uh, when you, you start building relationships with farmers, you support farmers, um, it, it kind of creates this social-emotional connection, right? And, and at the end of the day, it makes you value more. Um, we've got a major problem with, with food waste. You know, 40% of our food in our country um, g- goes to the landfill, and that's like grocery shopping, um, 
buying five bags and leaving two of them in the parking lot, right? So it's it's a percentage that we need to make improvements on when we've got people in certain areas that aren't, that aren't having uh, access to fresh foods in, in these food deserts, but yet we've got so much waste going to the landfill, right? Um, we just need to make sure that we start to teach people, especially uh, the youth, uh, the importance of actually knowing and having that relationship, A, with the farmer, so that they value the product, so it will probably hit the landfill less, right, mm-hmm. ideally. But then when we talk about how we can resolve that as well. There's always resolutions to problems, right? You can you can point out all the things that are wrong in life or what's going wrong, but uh, sometimes people need to step up and find ways to resolve some of those challenges, and I think that's the way that we're going to be able to start to shift the paradigm of our of our food system. So yeah. I love to be a part of that. Yeah, and, you know, there's still a num- another number that's out there. 60 to 70% of the items going, to the Franklin County landfill could still be recycled. So there's still just so much more we could do on that recycle side, on that composting side. So yeah, it's all about education, all about awareness. Um, Taylor, your background, you've been with the Mid-Ohio Food Collective for five years. You grew up on a family farm. So tell our listeners about that experience and how it continues to influence your career. I grew up in Granville, Ohio, um, but my dad's side of the family um, is a farming family. So we've had uh, our farm in South Charleston, Ohio, for about three, I'll be the fourth generation. Nice. um, Which is cool. So we're at a century farm, um, which is really, really, really cool. Um, So I grew up, uh, you know, we go out there for holidays. Um, My dad's one of five, so it's a big family event. It was always cool. We would, every time we would go out there, we'd just literally drive around in the, in the farm truck and go see all the, the property and the, and the crops, which is um, really influential on me just growing up, having that respect, um, learning a a pretty solid work ethic um, to know, you know, those those people work their butts off. Right, um, right. They, they, they are proud of what they do, um, and they deserve a lot of respect for what they do um, in feeding people. Um, so it, it was, yeah, it was monumental. Um, from there, I kind of um, had a class in high school that really changed my life. Yeah. It, op- it was an environmental science class that kind of turned, opened my eyes to uh, the world of environmentalism and how a lot of things um, are interconnected as far as social issues um, and related to food as well. Um, so from there, interned at uh, farms in the area, one out in Alexandria, Ohio, worked for um, a small organic co-op, learning the processing side of food in bulk, um, and then also working for a small uh, specialty kraut company, which was fun to see, um, where we got all of our food from the co-op that I was also working at. So, um, been involved with food for, for most of my career and then landed, uh, I, I had heard about the collective, um, and all the great work that they do, um, and started in the warehouse where, uh, I was building pallets for all the dry, dry products and shelf stable food that goes out to, um, our partners. Um, so that was really good it was a good foundation like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad to be out at the farm and doing what I'm doing every day because of my background um, but it was also huge to see just the sheer impact and the, like the size of our warehouse and mm-hmm. how much food we are really getting to people um, so I, I am just extremely grateful to be where I am and, and being a part of this farm that um, is not only trying to educate but also just put food um, fresh yes food um, locally grown food on people's tables so and as we all look around here, um, and the the pun is intended, you've got room to grow. You've got acres here, plural, 
Um, let's talk about what's next. We, we hinted a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. You've got an orchard coming. You've got, you've got um, berries coming. You guys have already planted the, the cover crops to, to help the soil kind of get ready for that. Um, Trevor, if you would, set the table uh, for what's coming here uh, in the next year or two. One of the first things, as I started uh, three months ago, that I thought of is what, what, what was going to take the longest to get established, right? And, I, and then we know that you know, one of the biggest things we have as far as relationships with kids when they grow up is fruit, right? So one of the first foods that um, toddlers eat when they are, are able to get food um, is apples, right? So applesauce, apple juice, something along those lines. So for me, um, what I think is where we could really start is is making improvements of the ways we can and grow grow fruit trees. So we're looking at as organic as possible approach to uh, a couple different types of cherry varietals, uh, four different apple varietals out um, on the farm at NBC and uh, peaches and pears as well. Uh, in my mind, fruit trees are some of the most uh, heavily dosed uh, carcinogenic foods that are out on the market when they're not organic. Um, we don't 100% stand by all organic practices, but if we can look at finding better ways to be efficient at growing those fruits that are uh, healthier and, and less chemical-based, um, I think that's really a great part where we can prove that there's potential in, in taking an approach that is more holistic, right? And so that's the goal out here. We've, we've got probably one or two years before we actually can get that to a level, but the idea that it's there um, in, in an urban setting is is maybe inspiring to some to start thinking about maybe uh, what they do with their landscapes at home, mm-hmm. um, potentially what cities are doing uh, as far as what they're planning on corners. You know, it's it's kind of funny when we've got all these decorative trees in the area, but at the end of the day, you could you could grow a, a tree that's just as pretty and actually provide people with food too. So right. uh, just to spark that idea, again, curiosity, what's the potential? You know, what could we do overall right. to make a true impact on kind of changing uh, the country's outlook on, on what food is and, and kind of piggyback off what Taylor said, have some respect for that food and appreciation of the people who grow that food. That's yeah. just part about just making that connection. Taylor, what, what do you want to see here and at, at, uh, at our location uh, on the hilltop? Oh, what a big question. <laughs> um, What's your dream? I'm living the dream right now, to be honest with you. I just uh, to see how much we've <laughs> grown <laughs> in the last couple of years. And, you know, I, like I said, I've been here five years, um, kind of seeing the growth and the progression of um, kind of where we're headed. And with Trevor joining the team, just the progression and the ideas that he's brought to the table, it's it's limitless. You know, I, I think there's so much potential for all kinds of different growing systems. I think there's potential to bring in as many other nonprofits and local uh, local people um, to be able to just have this big communal space where we can all celebrate food yeah. and people and community and sustainability and, you know, all of our pillars. Um, and I really just see, like, the Hilltop, for example, is going to be a great place for that. It's going to be a hub where not only are we educating and producing a lot of food, um, but we're welcoming other people into the space um, and creating a, a, a very welcoming presence over on the west side. And same with here, you know, we have a we have three acres of, of green space that so we're going to be producing a lot of food um, and also giving, you know, our neighbors here that don't have the space to grow on their own um, a little patch of their own. I am just so excited. I'm so excited for whatever comes our way, and I'm excited for all the development that's going to happen in both of these spaces. That's great. And, you know, with a podcast episode like this, we are bound to have some listeners who are going to go, you know what, 
I want to go to those farms. I want to jump in. I want to get my hands dirty and uh, sign me up. Join so, us. Yes, exactly. So let's tee that up. How can uh, somebody come out here and volunteer? What do they need to know? Um, do they need to have certain skills or anything like that? Or can they just jump in and come on? Well, I think that uh, most importantly is realizing it's going to take an army to make to make this project a reality, right? So all hands on deck, and we're open to opportunities to bring anybody aboard, whether you have experience in growing or, or you don't. Um, our goal is, is to teach volunteers as an example, um, to, to have them return. We want to create a, a volunteer experience from, from seed to harvest, right, so that they get experience with, you know, the, the basic things and the connection of just planting that seed to being able to harvest it, but what goes in between? You know, there's some labor in between that that, that creates some challenges, um, but it's all well worth it at the end of the day. You know, I've found it in life that it's uh, kind of motivating to, to go to bed at the end of the night thinking that you did things for other people as opposed to trying to accomplish things for yourself. So uh, as far as bringing people in, you know, our, our websites so we, we can get people there and uh, looking at the ideas, uh, connecting with us is great, calling the food collective itself, It'll directly link you guys to us or give you our, our email addresses. So everyone's welcome out uh, uh, on the board here. Uh, no, no experience needed. We'll put it that way. It's not hard. We can get you trained real quick. We welcome and we always want volunteers. You know, the more people we can get exposed to kind of what we're doing and what we're trying to do, the better. So um, all are welcome. No experience needed, to reiterate. Um, thank you both for being here. And thanks for the invite to come out and see this. Anytime. Yeah, okay. thanks for having us, and, and thanks for helping us spread the word. This We're going to continue to do it. Thanks to our listeners as well. When you listen to our episodes, when you tell people about them, tell them about the farms, boy, that gets the word out. That drives advocacy, creates change, and makes an impact for all of our neighbors. Again, for more information on anything that you heard today, please visit our website, mofc.org. Until the next time, this is the Mid-Ohio Food Collective Podcast everyone at the table.